Can I be constantly happy? Can I ride above the storm clouds of my life? Buoyancy in a life without Christ is a very difficult and finally impossible thing to maintain. The accumulation of negative circumstances can mount up and sink the overburdened soul. A virtual multitude of enemies will arise and challenge the confession of good things. In the camp of Jesus Christ, things are dramatically different. A Christian's buoyancy is not predicated by circumstances manufactured here on terra firma, but rather by Christ Jesus and the promises of God that emanate from heavenly places. Believers are instructed to divest themselves of the world's sinful pleasures, then invest in the beautiful pleasures of the redeemed. In Christ Jesus, you can ride above the storm clouds where the sun is always shining. We are directed in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Psalms 118 verse 24, This is the day which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. This kind of supernatural buoyancy is only found in King Jesus. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, the King of glory? Would you like to be forgiven of all your sins? Would you like a purpose that's bigger than your circumstances? I have good news. Today is your day of salvation. Click on the Further with Jesus for instant entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 4, verse 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. God said, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God said, Job chapter 4, verse 8, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. God said, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. Man said, sin is an old archaic term that has no relevance in today's erudite society. The term is a throwback to the Bible, a book that also has no real relevance. Now the record. This feature is part three in the series of the biblical principle of the wages of sin. The relevancy of this principle is truly staggering and just another daunting proof of the supernatural nature and inerrancy of the word of God. What does disobedience in the form of crime, pornography, homosexuality, adultery, pedophilia, incest, fornication, alcohol, drugs, purloining, usury, divorce, hatred, bitterness, slothfulness, etc., 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 actually cost? Unfortunately, even though you may not have participated in a particular sin, you will absolutely be directly impacted by it. What any family member does has direct impact on the rest of the family. As a member of the common Adamic family, what our brothers and sisters do will be felt by all of us. The following excerpts from part one and two are foundational to these messages. Consider the following passages. John chapter eight, verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Romans six seventeen and 18, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Disobedience and sin are synonymous, and if we choose to be disobedient, 
we must serve sin with the literal sweat of our brows and if not repented of in eternal punishment. Is it possible that if you serve Mr. Sin, the wages he will actually pay you will be the literal subtraction of life? Remember, the wages of sin is death. A simple concept to remember in this series is the one of employment. A person takes a job agreeing to sacrifice so many hours a day excuse me, in exchange for wages. In essence, you give hours of your life which cannot be replaced in exchange for a paycheck. You give life for cash. When you give up your cash, you are, in fact, giving away part of your life. Imagine that when someone or something takes money from your wallet, they are very literally taking part of your life. In this series, we will be measuring the wages of sin, end of quote. This feature deals with the ongoing national and global tragedy of divorce and illegal drugs. How much does it cost the average American household? The cost of various offenses against the word of God outlined in this series are surely not exhaustive, and there may be some redundancies in the calculations, but overall I believe they are, if anything, understated. The Lord Jesus Christ outlines God's position on the issue of divorce in the following verses, Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. It hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. Matthew chapter 19 verses 3 through 9. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh? Wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement and to put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. And whoso marrieth her which is put away, doth commit adultery. Carnal man, of course, wants nothing to do with these commandments. The wages of his disobedience are truly devastating. The following excerpts are from the research of P.F. Fagan and R. Rector in the report titled, The Effects of Divorce on America. Each year, over one million American children suffer as their parents divorce. Moreover, half of all children born in wedlock this year will see their parents divorce before reaching their 18th birthday. This fact alone should give policymakers and those whose careers focus on children reason for pause. Social science research is showing that the effects of divorce continue into adulthood and affect the next generation of children as well. If the effects are indeed demonstrable, grave, and long-lasting, then something must be done to protect children and the nation from these consequences. Reversing the effects of divorce will entail nothing less than a cultural shift in attitude, if not a cultural revolution, because society still embraces divorce in its laws and popular culture, sending out myriad message that it's okay. It is not. 
Mounting evidence, it is not. Mounting evidence in the annals of scientific journals details the plight of the children of divorce. It clearly indicates that divorce has lasting effects which spill over into every aspect of life. For example, children whose parents have divorced are increasingly the victims of abuse and neglect. They exhibit more health, behavioral, and emotional problems, are involved more frequently in crime and drug abuse, and have higher suicide rates. Children of divorced parents more frequently demonstrate a diminished learning capacity, performing more poorly than their peers from intact two-parent families in reading, spelling, and math. They have higher dropout rates and lower rates of college graduation. Divorce generally reduces the income of the child's primary household and seriously diminishes the potential of every household member to accumulate wealth. For families that were not poor before the divorce, the drop in income be as much as 50%. Religious worship, which has been linked to health and happiness as well as longer marriages and better family life, is less prevalent in divorced families. Such evidence should give all Americans reason to speak out on this problem. If nothing is done, America will continue the downward spiral into social decay. The effects of divorce are immense. The research shows that it permanently weakens the relationship between a child and his parents and leads to destructive ways of handling conflict and a poor self-image. Children of divorce demonstrate an uh, earlier loss of virginity, more cohabitation, higher expectations of divorce, higher divorce rates later in life, and less desire to have children. These effects on future family life perpetuate the downward spiral of family breakdown. Policymakers in the federal and state levels have ample evidence to lend weight to efforts to change the culture of divorce. Even the legal system seriously neglects children's interests. State officials should uh, greatly expand effective marriage education and divorce prevention programs. They also should end the legal status of no-fault divorce for parents who have children under the age of 18. Divorce has a significant negative economic consequence for families. The breakup of families leaves one parent trying to do the work of two people, and one person cannot support a family as well as two can. The result is decreased household income and a higher risk of poverty. Almost 50% of households with children undergoing divorce move into poverty following the divorce. Some 40% of families on AFDC are divorced or separated single-parent households, end of quote. According to the articles written in the year 2000, the U.S. government spent $150 billion per year to subsidize and sustain single-parent families. Adjusting at 3% per annum, this year the cost to the American people would be $190 billion. Science News in the 2007 article titled Divorce is Not Eco-Friendly, echo excuse me, weighed in with the following. When couples split and form additional households, it dramatically boosts the consumption of water, land, energy, and other resources. In many parts of the world, such resources are becoming severely limited, says Jango Lu an ecologist at Michigan State University in East Lansing. In the year 2000, nearly 15% of U.S. households were headed by divorced people, U.S. Census Bureau data suggests. The separation of families aggravated urban sprawl, boosting the number of households by more than 6 million and increasing the number of rooms to be heated and cooled by almost 36 million, said Lou. Using survey data gathered in 2005, Lou and Yu estimated that divorce increased water use in the United States that year by more than 627 billion gallons at a cost of nearly $3.7 billion. 
Also, the team reports that divorce boosted electricity consumption that year by about 73.5 billion kilowatt hours, about 2% of the nation's electricity used at a cost of nearly $7 billion, end of quote. Of course, these costs are not spread out evenly across all American households, but for our simple calculations, they are. When you take the $190 billion and add it to the sum of $3.7 and $7 billion listed above, adjusting to 2008 numbers of $11.7 billion, the total of the divorce tax levied on the American people, listen to this now, is $201.7 billion. Now divide that number by the 124,521,886 U.S. households, the cost per household is roughly $1,620. This cost to each household of $1,620, when divided by the average household income of $47,034, yields 3.4% divorce tax. Like it or not, we must participate. The headline from England's Daily Mail concerning the use of marijuana reads, Smoking just one cannabis joint raises danger of mental illness by 40%. The following excerpts are from that article. There are great risks in smoking cannabis, a new report has revealed. A single joint of cannabis raises the risk of schizophrenia by more than 40% of the disturbing study warns. The Government Commission report has also found that taking the drug regularly more than doubles the risk of serious mental illness. Overall, cannabis could be to blame for one in seven cases of schizophrenia and other life-shattering mental illnesses, The Lancet reports. The grim statistics, the latest to link teenage cannabis use with mental illness in later life, came only days after Gordon Brown ordered a review of the decision to downgrade cannabis to Class C, the least serious category. The Prime Minister is said to have a personal instinct that the change should be reversed with more arrests and stiffer penalties for users. Cannabis has been implicated in a string of vicious killings, including the recent stabbing of fashion designer Lucy Braham. The authors of the latest study, the most comprehensive of its kind, and commissioned by the Department of Health, said policymakers need to provide the public with advice about this widely used drug. We believe there is now enough evidence to inform people that using cannabis could increase their risk of developing a psychotic illness later in life. The analysis does not look at the age at which schizophrenia is likely to develop. However, previous studies have shown that smoking the drug as a teenager raises the risk of developing schizophrenia in one's 20s or 30s. The researchers from four British universities analyzed the results of 35 studies into cannabis use from around the world. They suggested that trying cannabis only once was enough to raise the risk of schizophrenia by 41%. At greater risk, however, were heavy users, with those who took cannabis over 100 times having more than double the risk of those who never touched the drug. With up to 40% of teenagers and young adults in the United Kingdom believed to have uh, tried cannabis, the researchers estimate that the drug should be behind 14% of cases of schizophrenia and other psychotic illnesses. Research completed by leading psychiatrist Professor Robin Murray in 2005 showed that those who smoked the drug regularly at 18 were 1.6 times more likely to suffer serious psychiatric problems, including schizophrenia, by their mid-20s. For those who were regular users at 15, 
The stakes were even higher, with their risk of mental illness by the age of 26 being 4.5 times greater than normal. Professor Robin Murray of the Institute of Psychiatry in London warned yesterday that the risks were likely to be heightened by the increasing use of powerful skunk cannabis. My own experience suggests to me that the risk with skunk is higher. Therefore, their estimate that 14% of cases of schizophrenia in the UK are due to cannabis is now probably an understatement, end of quote. Much of the cost of the use of illegal drugs is well hidden, although measurements are kept by the Office of National Drug Control Policy in regard to lost employee productivity, public health care costs, and accidents. Their number in 2002, excluding the criminal justice system, was $144.5 billion. At 3% inflation per annum, the 2008 number is $172.5 billion. Let's do the math. $172.5 billion divided by the U.S. households of $124,521,886 yields a cost of $1,386 per American household. Now divide 1386 by the average household income of $47,034 and you have a drug tax of 3% per house. So far, the wages of sin are listed as follows. Number one, crime, 35%. Number two, pornography, 4%. Number three, divorce, 3.4%. Number four, drugs, 3%. Subtotal, 45.4% sin tax. The devil Mr. Sin pays wages, and those wages are death. God said, Genesis chapter 4, verse 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. God said, Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God said, Job chapter 4, verse 8, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness, Reap the same. God said, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Man said, Sin is an old archaic term that has no relevance in today's erudite society. The term is a throwback to the Bible, a book that also has no real relevance. Now you have the record.